0: Is a huge new police state apparatus one week away from being law here in Georgia? I'll tell you what you need to know. The Monica Perez Show starts now. This is Monica Perez. I am your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. I am back at my regular time for the duration I'm not going to be preempted by sports, not too much anyway, for the foreseeable future. And that's a good thing because I get three hours a week to tell you the libertarian perspective on everything from geopolitics, the march to World War III, if that's how you see it. I kind of do. National um, politics and issues and also local issues issues. And even the local issues have universal application. They talk about the real issues that are affecting everybody. And specifically, this week, I want to talk about uh, stuff that's in the Georgia legislature. They're in the home stretch. Basically, next week, um, everything kind of lives or dies. And one thing that's that theme that's kind of dominated this legislative session seems to me is stuff that. Uh, smacks of the police state now we did uh last week i talked about no knock raid legislation there were three different bills that popped up on uh to legalize formally uh no knock raids in georgia for the first time and even though that the last one passed eight to one its first hurdle passed uh eight to one your calls and uh, attending the hearing and stuff actually killed that. So no-knock raids died because of you. They were headed towards, they were gaining steam, they were headed towards passing, and your involvement made a difference. So I'm an anarcho-capitalist. I think that society, capitalist society, is self-ordering, and I'm a real libertarian. I think government is the source of, uh, is more likely to be an abuse of power than to protect our rights. And I even think the federal level kind of Democrat Republican thing is a scam, basically like voting for one or the other. You're really getting the same thing. So I don't go crazy with political action. I did March against Obamacare in DC three times, not because I thought it would make a difference, but really because I wanted to look my kids in the eye and say, I did what I could, but the feds are kind of out of reach, while the local government isn't, isn't as we could see with this no-not-grade thing. We can make a difference. And if that just means pulling some of the pieces out of the puzzle for the police state or the surveillance state or wherever they're headed, then I think we should do that. We should do our best to do that uh, just as a sense of responsibility, if nothing more. But, but more important, we can make a difference in our own lives. So there's something that's still... Uh, Um, Active. There's going to be a hearing on Monday on a bill that seems to me, I read it a few times, uh, will create a massive police state apparatus, potential police state apparatus, but definitely police type apparatus that really has no limits or boundaries. And it makes me nervous. So I'm going to tell you about this bill. It's HB 310. Uh, I'm going to just give it to you in a nutshell. I can do a few sentences, what it's supposed to do, uh, how I think it oversteps its bounds, and and what my kind of two big problems are with this. So like I said, I uh, or I don't know if you've heard this, but I, I am a lawyer. I I should say I went to law school, uh, Stanford Law School in California, and I'm a member of the bar in New York, in the state of New York. I don't practice. I just kind of did that New York thing for a credential. And I'm not a criminal attorney in Georgia, but I am an educated voter. So I look at this stuff, I scrutinize it. My touchstone, a, I want my life to not be too oppressive on the ground. but I but my number one uh, goal is to to preserve the letter and the spirit of the Bill of Rights. I think the Bill of Rights is designed to give the people the ability to control the government, to fight the government. So that's why I get worried about things like the surveillance state, things like the police state. And I try to stay on top of it, but I can't uh, personally scrutinize every line item of every law. Unlike the, legislati- the legislators, they have experts on their team. We don't, we don't have that kind of those kind of resources as voters. We have to do our best to understand what they're telling us to do. So I, I did that with this HB310. It's a criminal justice reform law bill, and I read it. Uh, I read it's 118 pages. I read it all the way up to where it's called "conforming Language," so that like all the passages conform with the gist of it. You don't have to read even as much as I read. You could read the first 20 pages to see the problems. But the big point of this uh, bill is to reform the criminal uh, justice system in Georgia, specifically with respect to probation issues. And you think that's never going to affect you because you're not a criminal. (laughs) But Georgia weirdly has the highest rate of people on probation in the country because they put, I think it's because they put people on probation for weird things. Like if you get a speeding ticket and you fail to pay it, instead of just giving it to a collection agency, they put you on probation. They put you in the system. And probation requires monitoring and a lot of paperwork. It's very labor-intensive for the state. So they actually outsource the probation process to private companies. And this this new bill will kind of reform that. And again, I am not a criminal attorney in Georgia, so I can't go line item by line item. But there, there we do have advocates. There's a gal, Catherine Bernard, who uh, she there's a 10 minute video that I put up on my website, Monica dot com and my Facebook page that where she went to the hearing about this and she pointed out her problems with it. So she gets up and she said, uh, I'm a, I was a public defender in Dublin, Georgia. And of course, oh, I hate to be prejudiced, but I was like, OK, I'm sure she's a total liberal <laughs> and she just wants to go easy on criminals. But that, that's actually not true. I looked into who she is. And she was a uh, a delegate to the Republican National Convention in 2012. She ran for Georgia State House seat in 2014 in Brookhaven as a Republican. So she and she's she's an advocate of small government, and she said and and criminal justice reform. And she she liked the process elements of this bill, but she pointed out this crazy thing the bill does uh, that like I said, it's in the first 20 pages. You can read it. It establishes three new entities to absorb all of the uh, authority, uh, it says the appropriations, personnel, equipment, and facilities of these existing criminal justice departments. So uh, the three new things would be the Board of Community Supervision, the Department of Community Supervision, and the Governor's Office of Transition Support and Reentry. And the things that it replaces, it absorbs the power and money of. It doesn't actually dissolve these other departments. So I don't know if they really go away or what, but it's the Department of Corrections, of Juvenile Justice, the County and Municipal Probation Advisory Council, and the State Board of Pardons and Parole. So that's a lot of power. That's a lot of institutional memory. That's a lot of stuff going into these brand new departments. But here's the problem. Uh, these new departments, first of all, I'm not sure if you want to revamp the system at the same time that you dissolve or uh, make defunct all the existing uh, infrastructure and create something out of whole cloth, but it doesn't actually describe any of the limits or structure of these new departments, but what it does say is that this, specifically, the thing I'm focused on primarily is this Department of Community Supervision, because it. Uh, it it has a commissioner that shall quote be appointed by and serve at the pleasure of the governor. That commissioner can employ as many individuals as he or she deems necessary for the administration of this uh, Department of Community Service. And here's the so so there's no limit in how many people this commissioner, who reports solely to the governor, how many people he can hire. And then it says of those people, anyone in that commissioner's employee, he or she can confer on those people all the powers of a police officer of this state, including but not limited to summary arrests, uh, carrying weapons and assisting law enforcement in local communities to keep the peace. So that's really if I have read it numerous times because i i don't sell outrage and freak out about stuff i always think eh, it's just legal stuff there's precedent for it it means this don't worry about it i really most of the time i do think that because you couldn't you'd be caught in an avalanche if you really panicked about everything but i don't see any limitations on this thing uh and i don't see the need for for that the entire thing to be able to be police Created into a police force that that solely answers to the governor. I'm sure. I believe that their intention is not in the here and now to make this like a police state apparatus. But the potential is there. There's no limits. They're not. They're not looking at this right, and they need to slow down and either define this thing, take away that power, or whatever. Uh, but the way it is right now. I I don't think you're going to like it. So I want you to read it, look into it. There's a hearing Monday, March 23rd. That's this Monday at 1 p.m. in the Coverdell Legislative Office Building, room 310. So Monday at 1 p.m., check it out. It's this HB 310. But on the show today, I've got a few um, more fun. That's a little scary. But we have some fun laws that lived and died in this Georgia session and, and all the big-picture libertarian uh, implications of these issues. It's definitely something... Uh, we can all relate to whether you live in Georgia or not. And I'm going to get to your calls. Timothy is uh, worried about the uh, uh, this kind of thing morphing into a federal police force. I wonder if that's even possible. But we'll hear from him and you. Four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty one eight hundred WSB Talk, or you can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. And now for something completely different. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on WSB, back. We're talking about the some of the laws that are coming up in uh, the Georgia legislature right now, this week. And I'm going to go to uh, Timothy in Ackworth. I'd ask the question, if you are afraid of the police state, I'm afraid that we're marching towards a police state. I put it on my Facebook page. You can answer it there or give me a call, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. But my, I, am I alone in being really afraid of something that maybe it's not right around the corner? Maybe I shouldn't worry about it? Should I trust my government? Is that a crazy thing to think? I don't, but I want to hear what you have to say. Come on, Timothy. Um, well, I'm
1: vastly afraid of, of a federal police state. Um, the continuing of gathering military arms and equipment. Um, the undermining of the local police forces and even state police forces at a federal level. It seems to me like it's the writing on the wall that they're trying to, I don't know, pretty much undermine any kind of local force, and they're going to try to convince the populace that they're the only ones that can do it right. And that's going to be their way to actually plant the seeds in every kind of local state, territory, uh, what have you. You
0: agree? So are you saying you're you think they're gonna you're afraid that the police force, the local police force will uh, that the federal will infiltrate the local or absorb the local?
1: Yeah, it's only a matter of time.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's that is something I worry about, especially because one of the things this Catherine Bernard said in the hearing was that one of the departments that's established by this bill is allowed to take it's actually already functioning out of the governor's office and it's and it's allowed to take and is pursuing federal grant money so if you think that this is an opposition to the feds that it will be used in your favor against the feds i would say the fix is already in on that because as she pointed out there's no such thing as federal money without strings attached I want to continue this conversation. I have up next to caller Brett, who's a regular caller. I've actually gotten, I got an email suggesting that Brett be a guest host if I ever take off. I think he might be a little too edgy for that, but let's hear his thoughts on this subject right after this. This is the Monica Perez Show.
2: on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB.
0: I am your Libertarian voice on WSB on Saturdays from 3 to 6 when I'm not preempted by sports and I won't be for a while. So we're going to get everything we need uh, from the Libertarian perspective. But today, luckily, I'm in time to address some local issues that are important because we actually still have some power over local issues. We stopped the no-knock raids getting legalized, getting institutionalized in Georgia. We did that last week. This week coming up is a bill, HB 310. I'm not coming down on the legislature, legislators. I don't think they mean to create a massive police state apparatus, but that is that is the potential here. And where there is potential, there is uh, expanded power. I was reminded of a quote by James Madison about the US Constitution where he goes through this list like if Congress thought that this could that the general welfare clause could um give them power over education give them power over transportation give them power over poverty they'd be completely misreading our intention under the constitution of the power of the of the nature of limited government and of course the federal government does have a department of education does have a department of transportation does have welfare does have food stamps So if you do not clearly limit the expanded powers of government, the powers of government will expand to fill that space. And I think that's the fatal flaw in this, because it creates the Department of Community Services that has an unlimited number of employees. It reports only to the governor, and those employees may all be given police power, including weapons, the right to arrest, to keep the peace. I do not like it. So uh, there's that. And I wrote on my Facebook page, and I'd love to know your answer to this. Do you share my fear of the police state? Or do you think there's nothing to worry about if you keep your nose clean? 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. One of the answers I got was from Justin saying, play this clip on the show to show people how to connect the dots with, with the bill that you're talking about and the... um." police apparatus it creates and funny enough Justin I had this clip already in the hopper to play on the show because voterga.org who's keeping me informed on on these bills and the and where to uh get active and stuff you can check that out voterga.org they had posted this clip as well so so this is Obama foreshadowing things like what's in this HB310 listen
2: We cannot continue to rely only on our military in order to achieve the national security objectives that we've set. We've got to have a civilian national security force that's just as powerful, just as strong, just as well-funded.
0: Yay! We do! Yay! Like, did you hear that? All those people cheering? who who was thinking that who went in there saying you know what we need we really need a civilian police force to wedge between the military and the people they they just cheered back then at everything he said and he says it in a way that makes you cheer it's like um crowd control it's crazy so i i didn't even know what he meant and i'm sure the people in the audience did not know what he meant but this this I think now he probably didn't even know what he meant. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he was reading it. The There's a law called the Posse Comitatus Act, if I'm pronouncing it correctly. And it says specifically, I don't think people know this for sure, but the, it's just the Army and the Air Force, but it's generally thought to be all the armed services are not allowed to come into domestic affairs and be used as law enforcement in this country. So... When I think of a national police force, I think it's a way to circumvent posse comitatus, which they couldn't really do away with because people would, there would be a red flag. So this is a way to circumvent that. And, and I would say if you wanted to really go down the rabbit hole, you would say that, that regional or state, Police forces like this would later be stitched together or not even formally stitched together, but just the way like uh, highway funds control state laws just by controlling the purse strings or common core and no kid left behind, that kind of stuff. No child left behind controls state law by controlling the funding. You could do it that way too, kind of um, under the radar way. So these are the things I'm afraid of. And I'm wondering if you are afraid of it, too. Four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty. but I'm going to Brett in Bold Springs. Hi, Brett, uh, uh, everybody's favorite caller.
2: Oh, yeah, I'm sure.
0: It's true, because uh, you're so edgy. Right,
2: edgy. You need more edgy. <laughs> right, you do, uh, but don't have me as a guest host who get fired.
0: Yes, that's uh, definitely... I feel like I'm on the edge. Have you sc- I have this, like, Twitter handle. I, Ron Paul scares you. I scare Ron Paul. You scare me. <laughs> well... Uh, All right, go, Brett. But you're not, what you're going to say isn't scary, I think. Go ahead.
2: No, it's, uh, look, everybody should be definitely concerned about the rise of the police state. Since 9-11, this has been, and before that, but, you know, it's in full effect now. My point is this, the police state's here, and it's going to get worse. The way to combat it is for people to know their rights. Nobody knows their rights. Uh, You get pulled over at a at a a, a DUI checkpoint or a safety inspection, which in my town where I live, there was 12 in the last two weeks. They pull you over, they check your papers, and you'll be on your way. Yeah, no, it's not a joke. And you're not in a huge town. No, I'm I'm in a little podunk town, but it happens all the time. And what it is, revenue generation for the state, obviously. But people don't know their Fourth and their Fifth Amendment rights. The Fourth Amendment introduced by James Madison, who you were just talking about, you don't have to submit to searches by police forces unless they have probable cause or warrant.
0: But look, Brett, pause for a second. First of all, I do want to interject that revenue generation could be an underlying issue on this HB 310 also because probation generates revenue. But um, as far as... All these stories, they they always focus on the ones that are like white cops, black victims. But the fact is, when you hear these stories, there's always this underlying um, truth that sometimes, like the Eric Garner case in New York. This guy, Eric Garner, did something I would never do. He told the cops he was fed up and he wasn't going to take it anymore. I would never do do that. that. And then when they brought him down, it's like, you know, if you don't resist then no, you're no. not going to have trouble. And that's, uh, that's
2: not true. I mean, history has proven, and very recently, that that is not true. And Eric Gardner, I don't care what color anybody is, if you're a victim of government oppression, everybody is. Okay? Don't talk to the police. Don't submit to searches. You do not have to, legally. But these laws, like the one you're, you're talking about, prey on the ignorance of its citizens. Oh, if you have nothing to hide, just, just let them do what they got to do. No, absolutely not. And until a majority of people say, I've had enough, I don't really have to talk to the police, I don't have to show them my papers, if I'm traveling down the road and they pull me over for no suspicion, it's going to continue. And Ryan said, what you allow is what will continue.
0: It's interesting because you're making me realize now by what I think, which is I don't think you should not... Uh, resist. But I know that if you I I get I'm scared just being next to a cop at a traffic stop because he's got a gun. And I just makes me nervous.
2: You're Hmm? a free, sovereign individual in the United States. Why should you be afraid of a law? Yes, yes, I agree.
0: And what I'm saying is, I think that I've already done in my own mind what I'm afraid of, which is allowing them to totally control the situation. And you point out something very important and I think a little bit subtle is that this can't happen if people know their rights and and it's easy to say well they have the guns they have the power the reality is all they really have is our consent to let them do this to us which is exactly. why media is so is more important to them than gun control is control of the media because then they control our minds and we consent we don't give them trouble they they would literally have to make half the population into cops if we decided not to obey
2: right and remember none of this is by accident. this is all on purpose put my tinfoil hat on but it's all on purpose and if people decide hey you know what in mass i'm not going to play your game they have a whole new they have to rethink their whole position because if everybody says i'm not going to allow you to search my car for no reason are they going to arrest everybody that does that? Then they have a huge backlash, or they going to say, okay, this thing isn't working, these people have wised up.
0: Right, well, and then they'd have a different approach. But you say they do it on purpose. What yeah. is the purpose in a nutshell, in your opinion?
2: Control. Control. And, and if I want to get really crazy, which kind of I am, worldwide slavery, you know, we've had discussions about this before, Um, worldwide slavery
0: in the form that i think we actually have tax slavery now they have brilliantly given us like close to 50 percent taxes so that we work as hard as we can in our highest purpose and give them half is that what you're talking about or something even more obvious you're talking about chains and cages yeah
2: Yeah, i'm talking about you know and, and i know it sounds crazy but it's happened before you know uh total control of your movements I mean the whole nine yards, you know, no privacy at all. It, it's coming if we allow. It. But if we stand up and say, "Hey, you know," and let me tell you something, I'm not saying don't abide by the law. I'm not saying get in a fight with the cops. All I'm saying is, don't let them violate your rights. You have rights as an American citizen. Don't let them violate. Them. Don't be scared, even if it's scary. You got to. I up. hear
0: you, Brett. I I am scared, but <laughs> but scared. I. I... That's the thing. I do what I can. I'm, I'm a woman. I just, I don't have physical courage. So
2: is Susan D. Anthony.
0: Yeah, but I mean, but what I'm saying is I do what I can. I'm telling people about this hearing because, and I went to Obamacare and I marched against Obamacare. I went to Washington to march against Obamacare because I was doing what I could do. Well, and I feel like if the real thing that everyone needs to do, and I think that you are pointing that out, is free your mind from the mental slavery which is i can't do anything it's hopeless vote for the lesser of two evils which is crazy because they're all you know if that's what you're saying you're voting for evil there are there is uh at, at least we can free our minds and i believe that their power would melt away after that but i'm open to discussion on that 404 750 i'm going to ray in douglasville hi ray you're on with monica
1: hey monica hey you just brought up a more interesting points. Did you realize that the Obamacare thing is raising your autom- automotive insurance? Nope. Yeah, it is. It has. Okay, let's get back to the parole thing. Go ahead, yeah. Okay. Uh, people don't aren't really aware of it. A lot of folks, some people know about it, but a lot of folks don't realize it, that the parole people, that ones that are taking care of the people on parole, which is okay, probably almost 300,000 now, that, uh, that those are... Pr- those jobs are politically created, just like what they're trying to do now is create another entity that's what they're, they're to pay off uh, campaign people, pay off uh, cronies, pay off the good old boys. That's what's happening. People don't realize but I, I'm
0: it. a little, The re, I was looking, I was thinking about that, but it seems like there are entrenched like employees of all these four departments that are going to get absorbed into the new department, do the people in the new department know who they're going to be? You know what I mean? Like somebody oh, yeah, has to is,
1: want. This is, this is well planned. This is well planned. This was planned a year, probably a year ago.
0: Oh, see, the the, uh, the legislators, when I watched the hearing, they seemed to be sincere. I'm, I, I Oh,
1: Lord, sincere. Look, let me just say something. You realize the state of Georgia collects so much money in taxes every month? They don't even know how much money they collect in taxes. Some of them has grabbed it all.
0: Well, the voterga.org, which I like, it's um, uh, the website that kind of f- tries to hold these guys' feet to the fire. Its front page, I believe it's on the front page, is that Georgia is rated the highest in corruption. The really? highest in corruption, which surprises me.
1: Let me give you one more point, and I'll let you go for somebody else. Yep. What you said about the Obama thing, creating a federal police yep. report, okay? That's already been established. That was that was uh, created back in, in ninety through Clinton and uh, what's your name, Janet, Janet Reno?
0: Yeah, somebody did send me a clip on that. That, uh, but I, I you got to investigate these things. It's hard. It's easy to say, I believe you. I'm not not believing you. But it's there's so much. It's hard to keep up on it. Which is why I want to take something like this, which is in the here and now, in the local legislature. Legislature, and if you don't understand it if you don't see the need for it if you don't know how it's going to be funded how much it's going to cost how big it's going to be how powerful just tell them not to do it i think it was thomas jefferson or one of the founders said all legislation should have to wait a year untouched unchanged before you can vote on it because if it's not if it can't stand the test of time of one year it shouldn't be a law so let's tell them to calm down and if they want to clearly define what this is and make us comfortable that there is no way it will be abused, then uh, I'm open to that. 404 750 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Uh, I will read a few more tweets after the break and get to your calls uh, after this.
2: Maybe it's something really cool that I don't even know about.
0: This is Monica Perez. We are talking about a law or bill that's up in the Georgia legislature that would create a Department of Community Services, which, of course, they always name it like that kind of Orwellian. It's not community services, it's, uh, I don't know what it is, but it consolidates a lot of criminal justice departments into one thing that answers to one guy who answers to the governor and everybody who answers to the commissioner. Uh, The commissioner's allowed to turn into uh, give all the power uh, of a police uh, officer and he can hire as many people as he wants. So it's it's like a police force that really only had answers to the governor. And I don't like that. I don't think they've thought this through. So uh, I want to go on. um, I've got some calls, but I'm coming up on a break. So I'm going to wait till after. Uh, But I want to make one quick point um, that this. The burden of persuasion of the legislature is—it's—it's it's on them. It's not on us. We—I—I I think. I mean, tell me if I'm wrong. Um, if the lines are full, call eight hundred WSB Talk. That's another line. The burden of of a persuasion is on them to tell me why the law why. Uh, The money spent, why this stuff is necessary. And if they can't convince me that it's necessary, I feel like I never want to give the benefit of the doubt to the government. I never want to tell them, I assume you're not going to overreach, even though it's not clearly defined here. So I think that I'm not even coming down on them. Maybe it's just uh, they didn't mean for it to be this Huge, this out of control, but it passed one sixty four to five on its first hurdle. So this thing is like a locomotive in there, and I didn't I've never heard anybody talk about it. I mean, this I, it's going to committee on Monday. And I think we need to address it, but I've got a lot of people who want to put their two cents in. Are you afraid of the police state? Let me know. One eight hundred wSB talk. This is Monica Perez.